Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, September 17, 2017, on the basis of Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Out of everything that Jesus asks us as his followers to do, I think the specific thing that we're talking about today might just be the one thing that we are least comfortable with and least good at. Specifically, the topic at hand is being concerned about and being involved in the spiritual lives of other people, including calling them out for their sin when necessary. In other words, being our brother and our sister's keeper. That's something we've struggled with for a long, long time. In fact, you maybe recognize where that expression comes from. All the way back in the beginning, in the opening chapters of Genesis, it was Cain who had murdered his brother Abel in cold blood. And when the Lord came to Cain and asked him where Abel was, Cain replied with that now infamous question, am I my brother's keeper? The very thought that his brother's business was also his business was something that Cain scoffed at and was offended by. As we sit here today, thousands of years later, I don't think we've gotten any better at this. In fact, our discomfort with this topic is maybe at an all-time high. We live in such an individualistic society. We sort of prefer to keep to ourselves. We want other people to leave us alone. In fact, consider the fact that some recent research discovered that a vast majority of young people today, when they think about Christianity, there are two words that come to the front of their minds more than any other, and those two words are judgmental and hypocritical. Nearly 90% of today's youth describe Christianity that way, and as we're going to see today, that perception is very much connected with this topic that we're talking about, the topic of being concerned with and involved in the lives of other people. So if this is something that we're not very comfortable with and not very good at, what's the solution? What's the fix? We might have our, our own ideas about that. The world around us certainly has its ideas about that. But thankfully, in the verses that are in front of us today, we get to hear Jesus ideas about this important topic. This is one of the topics that Jesus addressed with his disciples during this period of withdrawal or with retreat as he gathered them together to teach them about important things before his departure. And as we look at these words today, we're going to see that Jesus very much wants us to know, yes, you are your brothers, you are your sister's keeper. And yet thankfully Jesus doesn't just send us out to carry out that role and figure it out for ourselves, he, he also makes sure that we get it right. And so as we look at these verses today, we're going to discover the answer to three important questions. Those three questions are who, how, and why. In other words, who am I to keep watch over? How am I supposed to do it? And why does Jesus want me to do it? So Jesus starts out his discussion of this important topic this way. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. So who does Jesus want us to keep watch over, including pointing out sin when necessary? First of all, we learn that it's a brother or a sister. 
someone who belongs to the same spiritual family, someone who shares our faith in Jesus and our high regard for what the Bible says. Second of all, it's, it's a brother or sister who has sinned. So someone who has done something that God very clearly forbids or who has failed to do something that God very clearly commands. And then finally, it's someone who needs to be shown their sin. Maybe it's someone who isn't aware that what they are doing is sinful, or maybe it's someone who is aware but has decided to commit that sin anyway. In other words, this isn't simply someone who has slipped up, as we all do each and every day, each and every week. Rather, this is someone who has given themselves over to a very deliberate pattern of sin. Who does Jesus want us to be the keeper of? Who does Jesus want us to point out the sins of? A brother or sister who has fallen into, given themselves over to a very specific sin. And maybe as important as it is for us to know who Jesus sends us to do this for, it's probably just as important to know by implication whom Jesus doesn't send us to do this for. Jesus doesn't send us out to do this for the whole wide world. Doesn't send us to do this for the nameless, faceless people in the society around us. He doesn't send us to do this for random strangers that we come across either in our day-to-day lives or on social media. Secondly, Jesus doesn't send us to do this for people who are simply different from us. People who think and act and talk and dress differently than we do. He doesn't send us to do this with people who simply disagree with us on certain things or who have a tendency to get on our nerves. He sends us to do this for people who have sinned. And finally, by sending us out to do this, Jesus doesn't make us the sin police. He doesn't send us to do this each and every time someone slips up to be there ready and waiting to say, aha, I gotcha, you better repent. No, rather, Jesus sends us to do this for a brother or a sister who has very clearly sinned and even has has given themselves over to that sin. Is it safe to say that we don't always get that right? I mentioned before the staggering number of people who, when they think about Christianity today, describe it using the word judgmental. And I I think our failure to get this right at least explains part of the reason for that. I mean, it does seem that at times Christians are all too eager to point out people's sins. It's just the wrong people. It's people outside of the church rather than people inside the church. It's people who are simply different from us or who disagree with us instead of people who have sinned. Or finally, it's people who have simply, simply slipped up instead of people who have given them, themselves over to a deliberate pattern of sin. That's why it's so important for us to have a very clear understanding of who Jesus sends us to keep watch over. Okay, so then what? We've got a brother or sister who has very clearly sinned and has even given themselves over to a repeated pattern of sin. How do we keep watch over them? Here's what Jesus says. Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church 
And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So a brother or sister has fallen into sin. How do we deal with it? Well, step one is to go and talk to them about it privately. Step two, if they don't listen, take a couple of other people along. Step three, tell it to the church. Come talk to the pastor. Come talk to someone else who has been given that sort of spiritual oversight and authority. And then finally, if they still don't listen, then as a church, Jesus says, treat them as you would an unbeliever. If at any point in the process they acknowledge their sin and repent, then the process immediately stops. We assure them of their forgiveness in Jesus, no questions asked. Now, those simple four steps for what we might call church discipline could warrant all kinds of further explanation. For example, it is worth pointing out that those four steps don't occur on four consecutive days. It's not as if Monday we become aware of their sin and Thursday they're out of the church. No, there is a great deal of patience involved when it comes to carrying out these steps. Second of all, it would, it would warrant a whole lot of explanation to talk about how do we treat someone as a pagan or a tax collector? How do we treat someone as an unbeliever? It's worth mentioning right off the bat that no accusation was brought against Jesus more frequently than him being accused of being a friend of people like that. Him being a friend of tax collectors and sinners. These are the people Jesus associated with and talked with and even ate and drank with. And so even this last step of church discipline that we sometimes call excommunication, it is not about shaming. It is not about shunning. It is simply about letting someone know that their persistent sin has destroyed their faith. That's how Jesus wants us to carry out church discipline. But again, maybe maybe as important for us to talk about how is to talk about how not. Notice how Jesus says, no, notice how Jesus doesn't say to ignore their sin. Jesus doesn't say to do nothing. Jesus doesn't say that if you've ever committed a single sin in your life, you are in no position to go and talk to anyone else about their sin. Jesus doesn't say to go and talk to as many people as you can find about that sin except the person who's actually committed it. Jesus doesn't say, as soon as you see the sin, go and tell the pastor about it. Jesus doesn't say that if you've talked to them a number of times and they still don't agree, then maybe you should just kind of let it go. No, Jesus wants us to very patiently and yet very persistently point out that person's sin, and then as soon as they acknowledge it, immediately assure them of their forgiveness. Is it safe to say we haven't gotten this one quite right yet either? I mentioned not only the the staggering number of people who describe Christianity as being judgmental, but also hypocritical. And yes, what a shame it would be if all the while as we are all too eager and glad to point out the sins of the world around us, that we let sin go unchecked among us. That in order not to offend anyone, in order to maybe not lose members or lose money in the church, we just let sin go unchecked. I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds like the very definition of hypocrisy, doesn't it? That's why it's so very important for us to understand and remember the, the how of what Jesus is saying here as he sends us to be our brothers and our sisters' keeper. Okay, so what's the solution? If this is something that we so often struggle with, if it's not something we're very comfortable with, what's the solution? 
as I mentioned before, the, the world around us certainly has a solution to this problem, and, and I'm sure you are fully aware of what it is. Why not just live and let live? Why not just leave people alone and let our brothers and sisters in Christ live however they want to live? Why not just ignore or even embrace every single form of behavior, even when God's word clearly identifies it as sinful? I think we'd be able to avoid those accusations of being judgmental and hypocritical, don't you? And yet very clearly, that's not Jesus' plan. Very clearly, Jesus does say that he wants us to be our brothers and our sisters' keeper. And yet in order for us to faithfully and diligently carry that role out, we need to remember not only the who and the how, but finally and maybe most importantly, the why. Why does Jesus want us to be our brothers and our sisters' keeper? Why does he want us to approach other people with their sin? Why does he make us the people who are to announce to them the good news of their forgiveness when they repent? Well, in each of those cases, there is a very important underlying spiritual reality that Jesus wants us to simply bring to light. If someone is caught in a deliberate pattern of sin, it will destroy their faith. It just will. Wouldn't you want the person to know that? And on the flip side, if a person has repented of their sin, even though they might struggle with guilt and shame and regret for years and years, when they repent, they have full and immediate forgiveness for that sin. Wouldn't you want them to know that? Wouldn't you want them to be confident of that forgiveness? And so what Jesus is doing is he's simply sending us to be the ones who make them aware of those important spiritual realities. Here's how Jesus says that. He says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, when, whenever you point out someone's sins, whenever you let them know that their lack of repentance will eventually destroy their faith, it's because that very thing is true before God in heaven. All you're doing is making them aware of it. And when they repent of their sins and you assure them that they have full forgiveness in Jesus, it's because that very thing is true before God in heaven and you're simply making them aware of it. Maybe picture it this way. I'm guessing you're not in the habit of re regularly going over to your neighbor's house at 2 a.m. and ringing their doorbell. I'm guessing that you would never stand there and pound on their door in the middle of the night until they wake up. I'm, I'm guessing you'd never pick up a big heavy rock and throw it through their bedroom window just to guarantee that they wake up. You'd probably never do any of those things, but I'm guessing you would do all of those things if their house was on fire. In fact, you'd stop at nothing to make sure that they wake up and make sure that they get out. And when Jesus sends us to be our brothers and our sisters keepers, he is simply sending us to do that very thing. And that's maybe the real tragedy for when we fail at this role. I mean, if the world around us continues to view us as hypocritical and judgmental, I, I think we can live with that. But the real tragedy of failing to carry out this important work is, is what it indicates about maybe what's going on in our hearts. If we're not willing to point out the sins of other people, is it because we've become convinced that sin really isn't all that serious? Or that maybe we've found our own sin that we find enjoyable or convenient and we want to be able to justify it? If we talk to other people 
everyone except the person who's actually committed the sin, if we love to run and tattle to the pastor about other people's sins, is it because it feeds our own self-righteousness? Because it gives us an opportunity to think about how much better we are than that person. If that person repents of their sin, and sure, we tell them they're forgiven, but we keep bringing it up, we keep pulling it back out, we keep reminding them of what they've done, is it because that deep down we think that, sure, we deserve God's forgiveness, but maybe they don't quite as much. That's why it's so important for us to remember this important why. Why Jesus sends us to be our brothers and our sisters' keeper. And that's why it's so important to also remember that this is very much a two-way street. That in these words, Jesus isn't simply telling us to do this for other people. Jesus is also telling other people to do this for us. Jesus isn't simply giving us brothers and sisters to keep watch over. Jesus is also guaranteeing that we would always have brothers and sisters who are keeping watch over us. And in this beautiful arrangement of brothers and sisters in Christ keeping watch over one another, Jesus concludes by making an incredible promise. He says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. In other other words, wherever this is going on, Wherever Christians are lovingly and patiently pointing out sin, wherever Christians are joyfully and eagerly announcing the good news of forgiveness, there Jesus is present, doing his work of salvation, keeping all of us in faith. In fact, you might think of it this way. You heard in today's first reading and actually sang in our hymn of the day this very incredible and solemn declaration from our God. God said, As surely as I live, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. That is God's solemn declaration to each one of us. And this plan that Jesus gives us, it's simply his way of carrying it out. God grant that we embrace it and dutifully, diligently carry it out to his glory. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.